What is the meaning of life? I know that's quite a big question, especially for 8 o'clock on a Sunday. So we'll do the best we can. We won't delve fully into that. For the existentialist, the meaning of life is something that I determine myself. I become the basis of whatever the universe is. The universe is and I am whatever I make it to be. And there's an incredible amount of burden for an existentialist because when you have to determine the entire meaning of the universe and the meaning of who you are, it all stops with you. Your dignity is only as good as you can think up. Reminds me of when I was, I'm a millennial, and when I was told when I was young that you could be anything you want to be. I won't say who said it. I hope my parents didn't say that. In any case, it's a lie. You can't be anything you want to be. I would have loved to be a professional soccer player. That just was not in the cards. I literally do not have the DNA, nor do I have the discipline in terms of working out. But nonetheless, there are certain things that by definition, by what I was given, that are ruled out from me. There are certain paths I cannot take. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a burden. The burden is taking to myself this infinite possibility and saying, I can make of my own life whatever I want. Well, suddenly, because I'm limited, that's not a whole lot. I'm only capable of the dignity that I can think up, that I can take into myself. The opposite of this existentialist meaning is the Christian meaning, and I would say even the human meaning. Rather, to receive our dignity, to receive our meaning from another. In fact, ideally, someone who has infinite meaning. Because when we receive our dignity and our meaning from an infinite being, all of a sudden, we have infinite dignity and meaning. So I think that's the better end of the bargain, right? To receive everything, our meaning, from the one who is infinite, who bestows it upon us. In fact, there's only one person who gets to be existential. There's only one being in the universe. And that's the one that didn't, that didn't have to be made by another. If you did not make yourself, you don't get to be an existentialist. If you sit there right now and you only exist because you literally thought yourself into existence, you get to be an existentialist. But until you think yourself into existence, you do not have the right to determine what the universe is, the meaning of your life. It's by definition of you being made by another. Your meaning comes from another. That's what it means to be a creature. And so there's such a great fittingness and such a joy to be able to receive this from another. And it's not small dignity by any means. Listen to what St. Paul says. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. Before we even existed, before the universe even existed, God chose you. He thought of you in his son, Jesus Christ. 
but he had you particularly in mind to be holy and without blemish before him. Then he redeemed us by his blood, forgiving all of our transgressions. And if that wasn't enough, gave us the Holy Spirit as the first deposit of our inheritance in heaven. That's the meaning that we receive from God. So, praise God, it's not a blank slate. We don't make the universe and the world what we think it can be, what it should be. That meaning is given to us, and thanks be to God. Because I would be in existential angst every waking moment, trying to figure out this burden that I have to determine the meaning of everything, including myself. That is no way to live. So how do we begin to live in a way that reflects our dignity from another, that reflects our meaning coming from another, from outside of us? One of the most practical things is in our gospel, listening to Jesus' words of how you preach the gospel. They're literally divesting themselves of everything. They can't even carry a money bag. It's peeling away all of those possessions that we hold on to, those things that we define ourselves by. I remember um, years ago, I don't know if it's still the case, Air Jordans were a big deal, right? You were the cool kid on the block when you had Air Jordan shoes. They were as expensive as you could imagine. For a kid, it was completely out of a price range, right? But if you got those shoes, you meant something. You could be somebody. Those shoes gave you dignity. Those possessions, they helped define your meaning. You were the the cool one who could afford Air Jordans. You knew what cool meant. We're asked to do the opposite, to dispossess ourselves of all the things we like to hold on to as human beings, as sources of dignity and meaning, and instead hold only to the Lord. But the beauty is when we dispossess ourselves of everything, then we receive our true dignity. So many times people may struggle with things like gossip or holding on to possessions or overeating or sexual exploits. And so often the true source of all of those things is not understanding our true dignity in front of the Lord. If we understood how much we were loved by God, we wouldn't seek to possess, we wouldn't seek to go out and do these things to make ourselves feel like we actually mean something. The great mystery to so many root causes of sin is that we just don't understand the love of God, the love that he has for us. This chosenness, this election, God choosing us before the foundation of the world, we see it throughout all of our scriptures today. And it's a great reminder and a great warning to us, living in a world that desires to tell us you can be whoever you want to be. You can make your life whatever you want it to be. The universe is a blank slate. You can do whatever you want in the universe. But the church says something different. The church says you don't have that burden. Because you did not create yourself, we are able to receive that meaning and that dignity from another. And thanks be to God. 
because we don't have the infinite within us until we receive it from another. We are only able to be filled by the infinite that is God when we dispossess ourselves of everything else. Dispossession, grace by dispossession, becomes our vocation by appropriation. Grace as dispossession becomes our vocation as appropriation. What that boils down to is this. I'll give a concrete example because that's uh, ridiculous to ask you to digest at 8 in the morning. The amazing thing that God has done for us, it's difficult for us to imagine how much he loves us because there are so many people that exist, right? And we're used to loving only in a finite way. How can God love each individual human being so entirely, so much? And he does. He loves each human being with his entire infinite being. And it's hard to wrap our minds around. But I think the best way to understand how much God loves us in the exalted choosing in our vocations and our gifts that he gives us is to imagine Mary. Mary has the most exalted vocation above all. She, she is the mother of God. That's the most incredible distinction any human being, any creature has ever received. Not even an angel has received as much dignity as Mary because we get to call her, she gets to be called Mother of God. Now, imagine this. For all of you fathers and mothers, God chose before the foundation of the world, he chose to entrust you with immortal souls, with people that would exist for all eternity, like God. They have no end, like God. And he chose in his wisdom to entrust them to you, that their well-being and their goodness would be in your hands. That's how much he loves you. That's how much trust he has in you. That before the foundation of the world, not only did he create you and love you and desire to redeem you by his blood, he knew that it would be best and good for others to be entrusted to you so that you had an effect, a huge effect, over someone's eternal salvation. Can you imagine more trust and more love being bestowed upon us than being entrusted with immortal souls? That's the greatest vocation. And we know it's the greatest vocation because Mary, Mother of God, is the greatest vocation in the universe ever. And it's by extension to you mothers and fathers. That's a big deal. And so we rejoice today that we do not have to create the meaning of the universe. We rejoice that we are able to receive the meaning of who we are and the meaning of what the universe is as a gift from God, the only infinite being who one created us and actually can give us something that's worth, that's worth what we actually are, that's worth our meaning. And we give God great thanks today for making us, for redeeming us, and for calling in us to life in eternity with him.